One of the best weeks of the year is upon us. It's Masters Week, and this is our 2021 Masters Preview episode of Be Right. So we have a ton to get to, including a conversation we had with 2013 Masters champ Adam Scott as he prepared for Augusta. And we were joined by one of the sharpest handicappers in any sport, Matt Humans of VEASAN. Matt was on Jordan Spieth and Charlie Hoffman last week, so you'll want to hear his thoughts for Augusta. But first, of course, we want to Thank William Hill, our sponsor, some of the best odds out there, one of the leading sports books in the industry. Make sure to go check out the William Hill Sportsbook if you're in a state where betting's legal. They have some promo codes for first-time users, so you should check out more at williamhill.com and listen throughout the show as we uh, tease some nice Masters odds boosts that they have. But let's get right into it. Perhaps the best week of the calendar for golf fans. Here's our Masters preview episode. Welcome back to Be Right, sponsored by William Hill. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. Obviously, this is Masters Week. We are freaking out here. At, uh, we're all fired up. we got big show here. Matt Humans is joining us um, to break down the field. We've also got a former Masters champ, no big deal, Adam Scott, uh, 2013 Masters champ. He'll be joining us as well in a little bit. Uh, but uh, first, guys, uh, I guess, you know, Jordan Spieth, Steve, you, you get a lot of praise here. Uh, you got the big graphic this week. Usually the big graphic people fail and they get just murdered on Instagram. CP's <laughs> gotten it, I've gotten it. You hit it with Jordan Spieth. He'd been trending that way. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a bold take. He was the betting favorite after DJ withdrew. <laughs> but to go, you know, it was my first time being the the big betting quote on social media. So uh and I, I know a bunch of people followed me and Matt humans was, was on him too. Uh, I, nice. I talked to Matt on his show on VEASAN on Wednesday. And, you know, we both kind of agreed this, this was all building up for, uh, you know, a big win for Spieth in his home state. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, you know, it, it's always nice to hit a winner, have some cash in hand before the yeah. masters, the biggest week of the year. So. And Steve, you killed it on uh, some some DFS stuff as well. I mean, you had a you're, you're about to win this uh, NCAA pool. You're you're just flying high right now. You're killing it. Come on, don't jinx me like that. Now now Baylor's going to beat Gonzaga. Well, you just need Gonzaga to win, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I know. Nice I saw hit. they're only four and a half point favorites. I thought they were actually bigger favorites, but uh, Baylor's yeah. good. No, it's going to be a great game, and. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. Great luck since we announced we were having a girl. So I think there's something yeah. to that. And, uh, you know, the, the baby, the powers of a baby, which maybe John Rahm uh, will see yeah. that coming yeah. into the Masters. So we'll see. So, uh, Well, yeah, Matt, congrats. Then if you had uh, Spieth as well, uh, I know there were some people rooting for Charlie Hoffman to kind of sneak his way in the Masters. But I, I think 99% of people were rooting for Spieth to get it done. Um, anything else, uh, that, that you, uh, want to say about the uh, Valero? Well, the, uh, that was the most enjoyable golf tournament I've watched in a long time because I had Hoffman too at 30 to one <laughs> odds. So even if Spieth found a way to blow it down the stretch, yeah. I had the, uh, the backup plan with Charlie oh, Hoffman, okay. which was a bigger payday at 30 to one, but it was good to see Spieth win it. Uh, I, since this was going to be the time he was going to stop his, uh, you know, losing skid. It's been over 1,350 days, about four yeah. years, 82 tournaments since he won. Everything was kind of setting up for Speed to win in San Antonio, and uh, it's good to see him do that. I don't think that improves his chances to win the Masters this week. 
but we can talk about that later. I Charlie Hoffman really played great. If you think about it, he was what five over through the first twelve holes. Right. And uh, the fact that he was even in that position is uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, and he was scrambling his butt off on Sunday. You kept yeah. thinking, all right, the wheels are falling off, blah, blah. But then he would he would make a miraculous par, kind of stick around. And, yeah, he gave he gave Spieth something to think about for sure down the stretch. Um, all right, before we get into the Masters, let's talk with Adam Scott, 2013 Masters champ. Uh, he's got a new podcast that's actually going to be talking about his prep for the Masters and take you through kind of behind the scenes stuff that goes on uh, this week as well. So that should be cool. It's called Fair Game. You should check it out. Uh, but here's our talk with Adam Scott. So yeah, so Adam, thanks for thanks for doing this. Uh, tell us, I know you're excited about a new podcast you have coming out uh, in advance of the Masters. Tell us a little about the podcast. Yeah, well, Fair Game is uh, something that uh, myself and a couple of my golfing buddies have dreamt up. But um, you know, really an interesting dynamic between the three of us, I think, that that hopefully will come out on the podcast and, and sharing a passion for the game of golf. But uh, certainly starting out um, with an interesting topic that all golfers love and the masters and, and a little bit behind the scenes or behind the curtain of what goes into getting ready for playing the masters and uh, hopefully take you right through the couple of weeks preparation and then through the tournament and uh, people will hopefully find that interesting and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, obviously we're gearing up for the masters right now. What, what, uh, you know, what in particular are you working on right now in your game? Is there, and is there anything specific to Augusta national that, that has you working, uh, practicing any different ahead of the masters? I, I think I always tend to have a focus, a really big focus on putting generally going into the masters. Uh, of course, <laughs> it should be every tournament because it, it seems like the winner always holds those extra couple of putts down the stretch, but um, more so at the Masters. You know, you can come unraveled on those greens and, and you don't want that to happen early in the week. I've been putting well anyway, so um, I feel confident about it, but it, it's always good to kind of just up the levels and the intensity, and, and that's generally what prepping for major championships is anyway. Your, your, I'll say your driving has been a little, I guess, erratic the past few starts. Just how's that going? This is a betting podcast, so you know people are going to want to know kind of how you're how you're feeling uh, off the tee uh, next week. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's a huge part of playing Augusta National now is kind of getting in the fairway. Um, some length is certainly an advantage, but I think we've seen over the past decade or so. A lot of guys who have been efficient off the tee have have done really well or won impact won the tournament. And uh, that's also been something I've been very aware of in the last little bit leading in. And uh, I've changed driver there at TPC and into the TSI2. And I think I'm in a better setup for myself to kind of play a, a little less of the high launch and low spin game and more of the Adam driving, which is a bit more in that kind of efficient zone of it's long enough but it's pretty accurate so I've been working on kind of shaping my shot pattern back into that it seems like you've played a fair amount this year or this season um and and you know looking at your results you haven't had a bad week but like you haven't had a, a great week uh what's the one thing you think that's kind of held you back from 
um, you know, kind of putting it all together for, for a week? Because you've played pretty consistently, but just not peaked, maybe. Probably touching on it. I mean, really, my driving has, my game off the tee has let me down. I think um, experimenting a little bit at the start of this season, trying a few different things. I even tried a 46-inch driver for a little while. Mm. Uh, I've had a couple in the driver, just trying to get myself in a comfort spot. I switched to the new Titleist golf ball at the start of the season. So I've been a couple of things have been moving around and uh, I, I really felt, although the results at TPC weren't great off the tee, I could see it starting to get better. And then actually at Honda, it was better again. There were still a couple of squirrely ones, but I put that down to, you know, the confidence trying to come back more mm. so than not having the right setup in there. And uh, I've stuck with what I had at Honda and I, I can see the confidence coming. I played Augusta earlier this week and, have a good picture in my mind what needs to happen up there. Spieth uh, was quoted, I think, the other day about the conditions. He, he hasn't played it recently, but he had heard it's a little firm and fast right now. Would you, obviously, you just played there. Would you agree with him? And uh, does that, do you feel that kind of fits your style for next week? Yeah, I heard it was firm and fast too, but it, I think they'd had a little rain as I got up, as I got up there and uh, you know, I wouldn't have called it fiery. I think it's in fantastic condition. And when they bring the heights down uh, and kind of bring the greens up to tournament conditions mm -hmm. right there for them to have it, the greens certainly firm and fast and the weather looks good this week and next week up there. So I, I would think we're going to see really firm greens, which we haven't seen the last couple of years at Augusta. I got to go back to the Players' Championship, uh, 17th hole. You had kicking birdie three days in a row. Uh, combined distance, five foot nine inches, which was insane. And then were you thinking about that on the fourth day at all? I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it, it... In on the fourth day, I hit a pretty good shot, but the wind was coming early. But I thought, you know, in 50th place, it's worth just yeah. trying to it might go in if you get it over there so right. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately it kind of got stuck up in the wind and came down about three yards short in the water but yeah hit some really great shots there and uh, actually you know it's interesting like on a shot of consequence the focus went up and really hit some good shots and I've been trying to take a bit of that approach to the rest of well every other shot I hit since yeah. then. Myers mentioned uh, your schedule before you're historically you've kind of played very sparingly leading into the Masters. This year, you've, you've played quite a bit. Is that, you know, were you trying to make up for lost time after the pandemic last year? Were you trying to get an extra work? I know you said you're trying to get the driving fix. Is there a re or there's just been a lot of big events too. Is that, is that kind of part of it? It's been a pretty jam-packed schedule from, uh, from LA, which now is one of the bigger events and one I love and I play anyway, but then you go LA and a world golf event. It was hard to even take a week off when it goes to Arnold Palmer, uh, TPC, and then Honda, obviously I also enjoy as well, but yeah, I've been, I've been trying to balance the schedule. You know, obviously things are all a, a slightly more difficult at the moment. Certainly for myself, I live overseas and, uh, trying to balance being away and practicing and getting enough play in. And I've been using some of these events as my work weeks as well to kind of get everything tuned and you can do a bit on the range with stuff, but you know, when you, when you're putting new equipment in, you're 
you've got to give it a test if you think it's really worth a chance. And I've done that and, you know, it, it's been okay. But uh, I think, like I said, I've settled where I'm at. Uh, and I, I do like taking these couple of weeks to have good preparation leading in. Everything's under my control these weeks. You know, I control how much I practice. I'm not playing tournaments and having to go on someone else's schedule. So uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I'm excited for next week. And the, the game, if I can kind of get my efficiency off the tee, I think I'm in good shape. Is it still, do you still have the same drive and motivation? I mean, you know, you're 40 now, you have a couple kids. Um, what, is it tougher to stay motivated? Or again, looked by your schedule that you really, you were motivated coming into this season, but what, what, where, where's your mindset just in general? Yeah, um, it's not tough to stay motivated. It's tough to balance everything. That, right. that's, um, I, I feel, it, you know, it's a huge commitment having a, having a family and, and uh, juggling the different stages as they go and the different stages of my career. But I'm still very motivated. And, you know, I feel like the one thing I've got going for me, not that it buys me time, but I'm in physically good shape for a 40-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, advantage of that so I want to be out here and contending at the big events for the next at least let's just pick five years sure uh, and I really think I'm in a position to do that I'm certainly looking forward to some kind of routines coming back into play as we move beyond this pandemic and and all the changes to the schedule that that's brought Another thing uh, I saw Jordan say the other day, just when he pulls down Magnolia Lane, um, it's just like he could be playing terrible, he could be playing great, and he just feels like he's going to go out there and it's, it's kind of go time. As a past champion, I would assume you kind of feel the same way when, when you arrive on property. Absolutely. Special feelings. The course has a way of looking after its past champions in a sense. <laughs> You know, there's some some kind of synergy with the golf course, and I I've felt that out there over the last few years. I think of a guy like Fred Couples, who's a longtime champion there, and he's he just knows how to get it around. I mean, of course, he's played there a lot, but he, he's kind of really in tune with the course. Uh, Bernard Langer last year, you know, it's got a lot of special things about it, but I love going back there. I was up there Monday. You know, I, I got in and around lunch and I had to put the green jacket on to eat my tuna sandwich. <laughs> you don't get a chance to wear it enough. So any, any chance you get, it's going on. That's fantastic. Um, can you believe looking back, I mean, that it's been eight years since that win. I mean, it just seems like the time has flown. I'm sure even faster for you. What, you know, when you think back to that day, what's one thing that stands out? A lot, a lot stands out. I mean, to me, the, the playoff is the standout for me, mm -hmm. just heading back there. And now it's down to two, right. you know, there was whatever, 98 guys starting the week and uh, late Sunday afternoon, it was just myself and Cabrera back down on the 18th tee. And everyone there was now to just watch us play these couple of holes. And the atmosphere was amazing because it was kind of getting a bit cold. Uh, the sky was low and a bit rainy. It was, it was like hardcore, you know, sports fan stuff. Uh, it was an amazing. That really sticks out as we, as I played up eighteen and then back down ten to me. We just saw Dustin Johnson's uh, 
champion's dinner menu and, and everybody's making a point that he has pigs in a blanket as an appetizer. Did, is that a surprise at all coming from him? And how much fun was it for you to put together your, your menu for the champion's dinner? know what dj's connection to pigs in a blanket is but uh <laughs> maybe find out that evening um <laughs> looks good hopefully he's brought some nice wine because some of the champions certainly appreciate that yeah. <laughs> bringing some nice wine from australia over for the night but uh it was a fun deal for me to put that menu together and have the, an australian theme if you if you will yeah, I mean, it's a special evening no matter what, but sitting up there as the host of the of the evening in front of a row of the most incredible golfers that have ever lived is is really quite something. Yeah. And finally, uh, we always ask everyone, I know you'll say you don't care about this stuff. You are currently, I think, 60 to one odds to win the Masters. Fair? Not fair? You're kind of, what do, what do you think about that, uh, that number? Uh, I think, I can understand why. I mean, I've really shown no particular form. Uh, I'd argue my a case for it's an, it's a good bet. I generally perform fairly solidly in in majors, and uh, oh, it could be just that the week that clicks. Sounds good. All right, that's what we like to hear, Adam. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, we'll check out Fair Game. Thanks again, Adam. We look forward to hearing that as well, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the Masters. Good luck next week. Fair game and. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on, guys. If you're getting ready to bet on the Masters, be sure to check out the William Hill Sportsbook. They have some tremendous odds for this week, including some great promo boosts that you should take advantage of, including Lee Westwood, for example, to finish in the top 10, boosted a plus 300. Sergio Garcia to finish in the top 10, plus 400. Someone we just talked to, Adam Scott, uh, he's feeling pretty confident in his game. You just heard he's boosted up to plus 900 to finish in the top five. And you'll hear us discuss Patrick Cantlay a little bit. It seems like a lot of the betting community likes Cantlay this week. His odds are boosted up to 25 to 1 to win. So check out WilliamHill.com for some other great odds boosts. And thanks to William Hill for being a great sponsor of Be Right. All right. Thanks again to Adam Scott. Check out Fair Game uh, to hear more of his thoughts as he prepared and for the Masters and as he takes us through that week as well. All right. We are at this week. It is... The biggest week of the year, let's be honest. Uh, it is the Masters. We are fired up. Um, Steve, I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the course? I mean, is there anything new? I know you can plug our our, uh, our updated visual that any, anybody should go to golfdigest.com if they want to know the history of Augusta National. All the Every change that's been made through the years, you can see it so clearly. It's, so, it's really cool. But uh, is there anything we should be aware? I mean, this is the one course we all kind of feel we have a grip on, I think. Yeah, everyone knows it. Um, I think a couple of trends, at least, you know, that people should be looking at when they're trying to pick a winner this week. Um, it's Joel Beal on golfdigest.com had a great piece about how to win the Masters. A couple of things that stood out were, you know, nine straight Masters champions have had top 15 finishes in two of the last three events leading mm -hmm. into it. So that kind of narrows the field. Um, and list of winners nicely. If, if you buy into that, there's only about 12 golfers on that list. And so go read Joel's piece and a couple stats that Rick Gaiman had, uh, rickrungood.com, obviously distance, you know, this is a par 72, almost 7,500 yards. Um, it, this distance is the second most correlated stat to success in Rick's, uh, regression model. So 
you know, we, we know distance is huge at Augusta, same as birdie or better percentage. There's only one other course on tour where that's more important. And then strokes gain T to green, uh, only seven other courses have that more important. So, you know, you got to be good all around, but um, particularly T to green without the, you know, the huge rough, just the first cut, that's a big advantage to the bombers. Um, so that's what I'm looking at. How about I'll kick it to Matt. Um, Matt, what, what do you think? Uh, what are you looking at in terms of identifying a winner this week other than, you know, the obvious stuff? Yeah, a couple of the things you mentioned there are obviously important. I, I think this is the ultimate horses for courses uh, type of handicap where you, you look at the guys who have played well at Augusta in the past and you start there. Right. And obviously guys who have not played well at Augusta in the past are the guys you want to avoid. I'm, I don't have Bryson DeChambeau on my short list, even though distance off the tee is important. Uh, I thought DeChambeau uh, was embarrassingly bad in November. We'll see if he takes a different approach this time, but I don't have him on my short list, but I went through, you know, Augusta results from the past basically 10 years and just chart the guys who play the best on this course. And there are other courses that correlate to kind of like Riviera in LA Uh, guys who play well on these types of uh, courses are the guys I think you start with when you're handicapping this tournament. All right. Very good. Well, let's get into the favorites. Uh, Odds courtesy of William Hill here. Dustin Johnson is still the favorite plus 900, but man, Jordan Spieth has blown up the board. I think some places do have him as the favorite or a co-favorite now. He's plus 10, uh, plus 1,000 right there at 10 to 1. Justin Thomas also 10 to 1. Then Bryson DeChambeau plus 1,100. John Rahm plus 1,200. And Rory McIlroy plus 1,400. Those are the six guys who are sub 20 to 1. Obviously, there were five uh, or so. And now Spieth has just vaulted into the mix. I, I know I, I'm a broken record. I bet him a few weeks, or a couple months back at 50 to one. I'm feeling very good about that now, although I kind of wish he hadn't peaked maybe the week before, but <laughs> 10, to, 10 to one is kind of uh, pretty amazing that he's flown up the board from 50 to one. So uh, I guess, Chris, let's start with you. Anybody in uh, that top group uh, or, or are you uh, looking elsewhere? Yeah, you know what? I think I think if you're going to bet uh, a favor, this is the week to do it. The cream usually rises to the top, and uh, you know, like Matt said, guys that play well at Riviera, they play well in big events. They usually play well here. And and for me, you know, I, I love Spieth. Obviously, it's great to see him win. Great to see Steve hit, Matt hit, Patricia Pow- <coughs> Powers hit as well. Wow. Her second winner of the year. She has bet the players and last week, so she's two for two in two picking two. golf winners. That's Absolutely unheard of. So, shout out um, to Mrs. Powers. There you go. If there was Thanks a ranking out to of her. mom's gambling, I mean, Chris <laughs> Powers is number She's one. She's dominant force. Dominant. Made the final five in Survivor Pool, NFL, getting yep. yep. golf winners. So she's she's on fire for sure. But uh, you know, he would have to win back to back weeks. I think Phil Mickelson is the last to do it in 2006, I believe, and then Sandy Lyles, the only other one who's won the week before. The masters and then the masters so that that would be elite company and and spieth could absolutely join it he's that type of player but uh, i'm going to stray away from him and i'm also straying away from bryson you could argue he's kind of coming in under the radar and i usually like that but um i'm gonna pass on bryson i think steve's boy i think his name's steve banford right steve the english guy yeah one of the sharp uh euro was reading uh, yeah i was reading one of his previews and i love the three notes he hit on it's in form, guys in form, high ball hitters, long hitters that can hit it high, 
and par four birdie or better percentage. And that literally lines up perfectly with Justin Thomas for me this week. Just won the players, obviously, in form, hits the ball high and long, and he ranks first on the PJ Tour in par four birdie or better percentage. So uh, my favorite this week is going to be Thomas, 11 to 1, 10 to 1, wherever you get him. Um, I'm all in on JT this week. And Matt was speaking about guys who have great history at Augusta. Thomas has steadily improved. He's five for five in cuts at Augusta. T39, first year, T22, T17, T12, and finally the fourth in November. To me, that that tells me each year he's he's gaining more respect for the place. He's probably playing you know, with a little more knowledge each year, he comes back where to miss in the right spots to keep improving like that, like five spots, 10 spots each year. I think he's ready to explode at this place. And he hasn't even had a hot putter, uh, not even at the players or at concession. It was all his irons and um, tee to green play elite tee to green play. We know he's the best at that. So God forbid he gets cooking with the putter. I, I think uh, this is JT's week. All right, Steve. Yeah, JT scares me for sure, but the, the putter kind of scares me away, I think. And 10 to 1 right now at William Hill, you know, he was available closer to 18, 20 to 1 earlier. So I just don't like the value there, although, you know, would love to see him win at Augusta. I, I'm looking at John Rahm. Um, Myers, I know you're high on him as yeah. well. Uh, but Rahm to me at, at 12 to 1, there's, you know, a little price break there he's the fourth or fifth favorite at william hill number one in my model and you look at the last three master starts he's had uh t7 t9 fourth place shared the 36 hole lead there last year as the jt obviously but rom had that adventure uh top that fairway wood on on eight on saturday and that knocked him back otherwise he was kind of toe-to-toe with dj and i just think he really likes augusta uh 10 of his past 11 rounds there have been under par and the last couple of times we've seen really firm and fast conditions, which we expect uh, this week after the sort of wet conditions in November, that was the Memorial last year, which Rom kind of ran away with, even with that uh, penalty stroke on 13 and the BMW where Rom took out DJ. So to me, that plays right into his favor. Um, and now, you know, with his wife having the baby, there's no question that, you know, he's going to leave there. So, and don't forget five years ago, Danny Willett, one here uh, right after the baby was born. So I, I think it all just kind of adds up to me. Uh, this could be Rom's week. How about, how about you, Matt? I, I love the may, I love the case you made for uh, Justin Thomas, because I was going to say a lot of the same things. I think Rom's, excuse me, going to be a pretty popular play yeah. this week after uh, what just happened with his family situation. You guys remember when Mike Trout had a kid last year? And uh, Trout comes back in the first at bat and hits a homer. In that first right. week, he was he was off the charts. He was like <laughs> superhuman. Uh, so I, I do think a lot of people love that angle of the uh, the child just being born. So and not only that, Rom's form, course uh, course form at Augusta, course history is outstanding. Uh, everything points to John Rom being up there on the leaderboard on Sunday. About two hours ago, I decided I was going to go ahead and play Justin Thomas. Mm. And uh, I don't need to go into it because he just explained everything so eloquently, better than I could right now. Wow. JT is trending in the right direction. Uh, he's improved a little bit each time at Augusta. I did have JT in the Players' Championship a few weeks ago. Nice. And you're, you're also trying to guesswork involved. You're trying to guess when uh, guys are going to be peaking. 
And JT was off a little bit for obvious reasons early in the 2021 uh, year. But I, I think his game is obviously not just pointing, trending in the right direction at Augusta, but in general, I think he's going to be playing some of his best golf uh, this week. And um, that's uh, of that group of players, JT, I give a slight edge over Rom. And I found JT at 12 to 1 at a couple books in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm not going to sit here and argue that's odds value. I think the price is about right. Uh, but you're not – you play somebody in this group of favorites, you're not going to find great odds value. Right. You just have to go with the player you think is best. So I'll give JT a slight edge over John Rom, but uh, those are the two guys I do like from that group. Yeah, it's tough not to pick JT with, with everything that Chris said. Uh, that being said – Rom is my guy. I think four years ago I declared I'm picking him till he wins. Uh, he's he's been in the mix, so I'm, I'm just I can't not pick him because I will be kicking myself. But obviously with the whole baby thing, he even flat out came and said, "Be you careful about betting on me a few weeks ago." So I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then lo and behold, a miracle happened. He had the baby. He and his wife Kelly. Congrats to them. Perfect timing, as you mentioned, uh, Steve. Uh, the Danny Willett scenario right again um there's a, a british economist and gambler named keith elliott uh old school guy I, I think like 25 years ago he coined this phrase our our colleague joel just reminded me i wrote something on it i forgot to put my name on it like a dope but anyway <laughs> uh keith elliott he he calls it the nappy factor and he hey. looked across all sports and found some kind of correlation with new fathers and great success as matt just mentioned matt, matt trout last year and you know we're saying danny willett uh, and he had this came about when Rory had the baby and, and of course hasn't really translated to Rory yet. So obviously this is not a foolproof plan here or anything, but it does seem to free guys up. Uh, you could, I mean, obviously John Rahm's excited to have a kid, but you know, he's excited to stop asking questions, answering questions about, are you going to leave in the middle of the tournament? When's the baby coming? This is that that's over with. He can now focus on the golf this week. So I'm sticking with my John Rahm pick. I wish the odds were a little better, obviously, but uh, no, I do like, I do like Rom still. Um, okay, let's look at the next group down. Uh, okay, here we go. Xander Shoffley, 2,200. Patrick Cantley, 2,200. Brooks Kepka, very interesting name this week, plus 2,500. Patty Reed, 2,800. Colin Morikawa, plus 3,000. And Lee Westwood, plus 3,000. Uh, that's kind of the next group. You could, you could go down, and there's Tony Fina, Daniel Berger, Victor Hovland. But though, that, that kind of next group, um, Steve, I'll let you go first. Uh, is, is there anybody in there? Uh, Lee Westwood at plus 3000 seems laughable right off the bat. I, I, let me just say that, but I'll let you take it from here, Steve. Yeah. The, the win equity with, uh, Lee Westwood certainly uh, yeah. isn't there. He's not going to win. No, He's never it'd be win. a great story or, you yeah. know, we would all root for it, of course. Um, however, when you talk about win equity, and to me, his odds are just baffling. We're, we're looking at Colin Morikawa at 30 to one. Um, I mean, I guess it's because the casual fan just isn't betting on him, but at 30 to one, you should be, he's the fifth ranked player in the world. Most recent winner, uh, where all the best players were assembled at concession, best iron player in the world, one and two with JT at least. And Justin Thomas is 10 to one while Morikawa is 30 to one. You know, they both have the same number of majors even. So to me, I mean, you just can't pass up that 30 to one. The short game is the question with Morikawa, but um, you know, we know you don't need an elite short game to win at Augusta. We saw that with Sergio. Um, So I think you just have to take that number. It it seems like everyone's on 
Patrick Cantlay as well. Everyone in the golf Twitter verse, uh, you know, is sharing their Cantlay ticket. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I could see it. Um, you know, he's certainly, his game is, is elite. His iron play is great. He's a, a tremendous driver of the ball, but um, we just haven't really seen him contend down the stretch in a major before. So that's the question mark for me. I go down a little further. I'll, I'll give my last bet in this range. It's Paul Casey, um, 35 to one right now at William Hill. His stretch is just scorching hot coming into it. Four starts in the U.S., and he hasn't finished worse than 10th, fifth place at the Players, 10th at Bay Hill, fifth at Pebble, eighth at Amex. And to me, I look at there's only three golfers who have gained an average of a stroke and a half per round uh, this year, Tita Green, and that's Patrick Cantlay, Morikawa, and Paul Casey. And, you know, he's got the – the, the great record at Augusta, five top tens. And he was in the lead uh, down the stretch on Sunday at the PGA. So um, I could see this being Paul Casey's time. So maybe not Lee Westwood getting it done, but another Englishman who, who's waiting for that big win. So those are my guys. Uh, I'll kick it to you, Matt. Anyone in this range uh, interest you? Yeah, what you said about iron play is a big part of my handicapping here too. So I, I love Morikawa, obviously. Um, Justin Thomas, always one of my favorite players. Uh, so those two guys were – this is my favorite range to bet golfers mm -hmm. to win tournaments because you mm -hmm. find really quality players in this range, uh, and you can find value at this odds range too. That's why I typically don't bet guys from a group of uh, five or six favorites. I look at that second tier, and th these are some of my favorite guys, JT and Morikawa. Xander Shoffley is one guy I have a weakness for. No matter what sport you bet, you've always got one team – <laughs> that uh, you tend to bet too often that you never right. cash with. I, I cashed a couple times with Xander Shoffley uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I, I tend to bet him too often. And obviously, he hasn't won. He hasn't had a win for what the past year and a half. Right. Uh, yeah, but the guy, yeah, the guy's so talented. He's got a pretty good track record at Augusta as well. He had a top twenty in November with Cantlay. Uh, he had in two thousand nineteen. When Tiger won by a stroke, and Tiger was lucky to win by a stroke, he had Shoffley, Kepka, and DJ right there on his heels, one stroke back. So Shoffley can play well at Augusta. He's kind of flying under the radar. I know one of you mentioned that um, handicapping angle earlier about DeChambeau. I like that, too. I like it when guys come in. Nobody's really talking about them. Nobody's really betting them. Uh, at one book in Vegas, Shoffley's drifted up to 25 to 1. Wow. Uh, so – that's that's a bet I actually made this morning. I, I finally uh, played Shoffley, and uh, I've got Cantlay at thirty to one in this neighborhood too. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's one thing about Cantlay is we haven't seen him, like you said, do it in a major. Uh, he's obviously got the game to do it. He hey. bothers me a little bit when I watch him because I don't like his body language. Um, looks like he's uh, miserable on the court. <laughs> he's the so time. miserable. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> He's not one of my favorite players to watch, but yeah. I did play he, I did play uh, Cantlay, I did play Shoffley, and I'm, I might end up playing Morikawa. I'm not quite sure on that one yet, but you guys uh, hit on the key players I like there as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm um, not in love with this range, and like Matt said, I usually love betting this range. Um, this is where a lot of the winners come from. 
but uh, I'm, I don't really love anyone. I'm kind of talking myself into Reed just to go back to Matt's under the radar point. I think he is a little bit under the radar this week. We're hearing a lot of Cantlay and, uh, you know, obviously JT, like we said, and Rom. But uh, Reed, good history at the Masters, just finished 10th in November. Um, 35 to 1, I'm looking at one book. So that's an interesting number. But uh, I don't have a bet on him yet. I did bet on Brooks because I'm a Brooks Kepka sucker especially when he's north of 20 to 1 i think i bet him 25 to 1 and it went up to 28 to 1 unfortunately um i've seen 40 to 1 some places that's that's pretty insane you know he might be really injured it could blow up badly and he could miss the cut and this could be just burning 20 dollars or whatever i bet on him but i don't know i'm just a total sucker for brooks because he can explode at any moment um so i'm on brooks in this range and, and maybe patrick reed yeah. Uh, I, I, Brooks, I mean, what do you do? I mean, we didn't even know if he was going to play. And, and now, uh, you know, the engagement comes out and uh, everybody's making the jokes about the knee. And, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Obviously, he took the shot at Brad Faxon, which we all got a kick out of on, on Twitter. Uh, right. So he, he might be- just, you know, he might just like the attention, too. He's kind of like that a little yeah, bit. So. He might, but he's he's clearly, you know, he, he tweeted at Chris Vernon. He's looking forward to the mm-hmm. Masters updates. So, like, he's i feel like it's almost like he's like hey hey guys i'm i'm here this week right Right, exactly which is it's sad that he does still have to do that and it almost feeds into the whole narrative that he always gets underlooked but still i mean just not having played um much lately obviously he was playing great we all hit him at phoenix and and he had the great run at uh at the the wgc at concession but Man, I don't know. Just kind of a big question mark to me. But you're right. You get him 25 or better. That's that's certainly a little more interesting. Um, okay, this next range here. You got the two guys who were runner-ups last year, uh, Sung Jae Im and Cam Smith, both 35 to one. Uh, by the way, I love Paul Casey, and I you know I don't, don't pick these English guys usually, no. but he's definitely in my top five picks. I, I don't know. I have a feeling as well, and I like the odds. I've seen him 40, even 50, um, if you could find that. Anyway. Hideki Matsuyama, 35. Then the two runner-ups from last year, Smith, Sung Jae Im, 30, plus 35. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, plus 4,000. Tyrrell Hatton, plus 4,000. Tommy Fleetwood, 45. Matt Fitzpatrick, 45. Jason Day, 45. And Sergio, 45. Uh, and then our boy, Adam Scott. We can throw him in there, too. Six, plus 6,000. Uh, we asked him about being 60 to 1 odds. And, and usually these guys say, oh, I don't care. I don't pay attention. He actually was like, a little surprised and like i think i think i'm a good bet so i, I like yep. i like that he said that good good for him i mean and 60 does seem a little high let's be honest um all right steve i'll let you start with this next range of guys anybody uh popping for you yeah uh a bunch of players that are interesting i'm biting the bullet a little bit by betting on jason day at 45 to 1 um he's been hot and cold up and down different parts of his game but at the players he gained i think the second most strokes uh, T to green. So to me, that just shows that his ball striking is back. The, the putter um, has always been the best part of his game. It's been the worst part of his game by far. The, the strokes gain putting numbers are ugly, but I'm going to bet that that kind of reverts back to the historical norms with him at 45 to one. He, you know, has a, a really good uh, record at Augusta T5, T20, T22, T10 um, from 2019 and 2016. And obviously the close call uh, with Schwartzel in, in 2011. So days interesting. And, and then I have a, a ticket on Sergio. Uh, I got him at 66 to one a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I still think he's a good bet at 50 to one, wherever you could get him. Um, 
again, the ball striking we saw at the players was great. And that's just kind of, it's been uh, consistent over the last couple of months. So, you know, just got to figure out the putter a little bit, but it looked better at match play. So that's a little, um, a little comforting to me. So those are my plays in that range. How about you, Chris? Who, who do you like in this range? I love our, our uh, be right guest this week, Adam Scott. He's ballooned to 75 to one at another book. And I bet that I also bet him top 10 at five to one. Uh, like Meyer said, he said he's a good bet. And that was when he was 60 to one. Now he's gone up. So I really love him. Obviously, former winner had been driving it kind of erratically, but ended up gaining 2.6 strokes off the tee at Honda. And if you listen to our conversation with him, he said he's been working on his driving a little bit. So that could be rounding into form just in time for Augusta, you know, driving in the fairway. And, and he's a great iron player. He gained 7.2 strokes on approach at Honda. 10 and a half T to green seems to all be kind of rounding into form for him. Unbelievable player in the majors. I sent out a tweet before. I mean, his major record career-wise is great, but since 2011, he's really been incredible. He's made every cut at the masters the last decade, bunch of top twenties, obviously the win um, rises to the occasion. He said, he said that to us too. He, he, his, his major record kind of speaks for itself. So I think this is a crazy number for Adam Scott. He'll be in contention. Um, it's, you know, if you make a bunch of putts, obviously. And one guy tweeted at me when, when I sent out the Scott tweet that Kevin Nas caddy was kind of mixing it up on Instagram with people talking about the Masters. And obviously he's there already. He thinks that if it doesn't rain, which there is a little bit in the forecast, but it's like 40% each day. So hopefully it holds off. If it doesn't rain, it's going to be, you know, greens will be crispy. We saw the greens at the women's amateur. They looked pretty brown. Um, so if it's hard, he thinks, he said, he, he thinks winning score will be in single digits and, um, Adam Scott plays tough course as well. Won the masters single digits, nine under got into a playoff with Cabrera. So really, really love our, uh, our guest this week, Adam Scott. Yeah. Scotty, Matt, what do you, what do you think about, about him? Well, I'm going to go with Chris here because I've already bet Adam Scott. This hey, oh, right. I like it. Did Adam Scott say anything when you guys talked with him about not missing putts inside 10 feet? Is he going to make them all this week? <laughs> that would be you know, key. But he he did say that, you know, I asked him the typical, is there anything in particular you work yep. on for Augusta? And he did right away say putting. I, I, yep. I work on my putting more than ever. So maybe that's something you like to hear. <laughs> yeah, I do like to hear that. Actually, his, his iron play has been on point. Uh, if he can get the putting part solved, I love this guy. And in fact, you know, I look at William Hill, Circus Sports, and the Westgate. Basically, you got the best golf odds in Las Vegas. And at Circa, I found Adam Scott at 82 to 1. Oh, my gosh. I think that's oh. an absurd, absurd price on a guy. I bet Adam Scott in his one win here uh, years ago. Obviously, he's got all the, uh, the course history and course fit trends you look for. And uh, I like his game as long as his putter doesn't let him down. Uh, but that's why you're getting 82 to one, right? A lot of yeah. people have forgotten about Adam Scott. And I think it's crazy. He's at that price. You're talking about Jason Day. I had him on my short list as well. Uh, Jason Day's putting numbers have been unchar uncharacteristic uh, at this point. Yeah. But that guy is certainly capable of getting hot with the putter this week. I love this group of players. There are a lot of guys here that uh, in, the, in this range, I think you can find odds value. And they're going to give you a legit shot to win. On Sunday, you were talking about Brooks Kepka. He was in the previous uh, uh, group that we talked about. Kepka was at 
40 to one at Circus Sports this morning. And you're talking about four time major champion who who's got everything you would want on this uh, on this course as well. Obviously, the knee is a big question mark and he's not that sharp, probably because he hasn't been playing competitive rounds. But I mean, how do you turn down prices like 40 to one on Brooks yeah. Kepker or 82 to one on Adam Scott? So you, you end up betting too many players. But hey, it's <laughs> Masters. This is like the Super Bowl, right? So you yeah. get that where you, you feel like you have an edge in the price. I, Trying to yeah, fit, all, fit all the food on one plate. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'm actually now even more excited and happy with myself that I've gone really easy these last few weeks. It started with the with the players. I said, I, I'm not even going to bet it, I think, or the match play. I said, I'm not even going to bet. And I didn't even, like, bet these. So now I feel like I have added ammo for this week. Yeah. You know, got money to, in my pocket burning a hole. So Five let's, bullets. Get let's get it. Um Okay, guys, uh, let's I'll throw it out to all you guys. Um, Chris, we can start with you. Some deeper guys you're looking at. Uh, maybe this is where you give your spicy nug. Uh, the floor is yours. Um, Deep-wise, we talked about it at the beginning of the year and, and last year, how you kind of want to try and always have your eye down the line at the majors and, and see if you can catch some, some great numbers early. So um, I bet Kevin Kisner at 125 to one way back. I, I don't know. And he's, and he's gone to 200 to one. So um, that that's my big, uh, I was on him early and he's actually gone up. So I didn't really get any value out of it, but I'm going to bet him again at 200 to one. So I've got two tickets on Kisner. Um, I've, I've mentioned his quotes before. Um, he, he just thinks he's starting to play this place better. And when he first got to Augusta, he thought he had no chance to compete and contend and each year he's kind of seen that he, there is a path for him to kind of do that. So, and if it's single digit, like uh, Kevin Nas caddy said, I, I kind of like Kisner uh, um, if it's a, you know, kind of, you got to grind your way around. So I'm on Kisner. That's my big long shot this week. Wow. All right. Steve, is that, is that your spicy nug? Spicy nug. I, no, that's not my spicy nug. I'll have to come up with something. <laughs> okay. Saving it. That's proper tease. Um, I don't have a long shot bet, uh, quite honestly. I know Matt does, so we get to him uh, in a – well, why don't we kick it to Matt because he, he teased that he's got some long shots. Matt, who, who do you like in uh, deeper on the odds board? Yeah, I got a couple. So I was on the um, Circus Sports app this morning and uh, looking for value on there because they do a great job adjusting players. And some books only move players' odds down, and they, and they don't move players up. Right. Uh, but Circa does a good job of – you can find some um, you can find some deep long shots at really good prices. So I went bombs away on Bubba Watson hmm. at 95 to one. No, there's not a lot to love about Bubba, but if you look at what he's done at Augusta, 2019 at T12, 2018 tied for fifth. So he's still, I think, uh, still got the window still cracked open to where he could contend. So I went ahead and played him at 95 to one. And you know what? His game's not in bad shape right now either. Uh, the long shot, Chris hit it. And I found this on the Circa app this morning. I couldn't believe it. Kevin Kissner at 310 to one. Uh, so I went ahead and took Lord. the 310. That's why I said sometimes you end up with too many players. Yeah. When you see stuff like 310 to one on Kevin Kissner, you got to take it, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah I mean, That's an auto bit. Wow. Okay. There's some big, there's some big long shots there. All right, Steve, what about you? I'll just, I'll just give some D, uh, DFS plays uh, sure. deeper down. Um, I can't top those great numbers that Matt and Chris had, but uh, you know, for the DraftKings Millionaire Maker this week, 
Um, a couple of guys who I think could unlock some, some bigger names up top. If you go a little smaller, Ryan Palmer just has insane value at 6,500. I think, you know, I talked about the firm and fast conditions at the Memorial, uh, last year and, you know, Rom running away with it. Well, Palmer was second there, kind of right there. He's been playing really well. The ball striking is great with Palmer. Um, you know, I don't, I can't see a world where Ryan Palmer is going to win, but all you need is really a, a 20th place finish from him and uh, return on that DraftKings scoring at 6,500. You know, really all you need is a made cut and a bunch of birdies. So I think he's a great play. Corey Connors at 6,900. And he's in the top 10 in my model this week because his ball striking has been so good. We saw him, you know, finish, I think, T12 in his, uh, his debut last year um, at Augusta. And, you know, he's continued that hot play. Uh, so I think Connors is unreal value at 6,900 too. Uh, Max Homa, 7,100 as well. You know, we, we mentioned the correlated courses to Augusta, one being Riviera, obviously Homa won there just a few months ago. And, and his other win was at uh, the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. And there's a, a ton of similarities there uh, between Augusta and Quail Hollow. So at 7,100, you're getting a consistent player. One of the sneaky best players in the world since February has been Max Homa and he's not being priced like it. So, um, you know, I think those guys, if you want to take a flyer on a, on a first round leader type bet or, you know, top 20 after the first round, some books will offer that. Um, that that's kind of where I'm going uh, deeper down the board. All right. Uh, all right. So Chris, who is your spicy nug? Uh, I guess I would just say, I, I think, you can take it to the bank that Jordan Spieth is going to be leading on Thursday. He'll be the first round leader and you can Ooh. get that 20, 20 to one, I believe on DraftKings. Okay. Um, this, I think he's just cooking right now. And we've seen when he's playing well, he's usually the first round leader at the masters. And um, he hung on in 2015, obviously. And, but uh, 2016 obviously had the rough Sunday finish, but that'll be my spicy you nug know, first round leader Spieth. And then the only other advice, I know people are doing a lot of pools this this yeah. week, I, I just did a few with one of Stevie's buddies. We got to work one. Um, you're going to want guys that make the cut. And we kind of mm -hmm. poked fun at Lee Westwood before, but Lee Westwood is going to make the cut. That is a guarantee. And he'll probably finish in the top 15, top 10. He's just playing that well right now. We thought he was going to be all tired at the match play, and he almost won his group. I mean, Sergio Garcia needed a hole-in-one to beat him just, just to win the group. So um, I think Westwood is just absolutely on fire right now. He's such a good ball striker. We keep talking about Westy's last stand. This is another one of those last stands uh, this week. I don't think he's ever going to get it done at a major, but he better he better give it uh, his best effort these these next few years before he turns fifty. Not that he won't keep trying when he turns fifty, but uh, he seems like he's hitting his second or third prime right now. So if he's going to capitalize, this would be a good week to do it. So. Pool wise, I would I would pick Lee Westwood. You know, all these pools have tiers. Certain players, you'll probably get Lee Westwood in tier four, tier three. Adam Scott's going to make the cut. That's a guarantee. Christian Bezadenhout, my guy, he's going to make the cut for sure. And then uh, love Lantau Griffin too. I think he's a sneaky pick in uh, in your pools this week. All right, Steve. Any other? Well, my spicy nug is also related to Jordan Spieth. Uh, I have a ticket on him. Um, from his run in late January, like you Myers, I'm at 33 to one though, not as good as 50. Um, but my spicy nug is that he goes back to back becomes the first player since Phil, uh, in 06 to, to make that 
that next win, his master's win. I just think, you know, his iron play is so remarkable right now. It's the best he's been hitting it since 2017 when, you know, he was on top of the world. He's just gaining so many strokes on his approach. And, and the driver, too, he hit the last eight fairways uh, down the stretch at the Texas Open when the pressure was on. Um, you know, we've, we've seen those big misses from him in the past. That's, that's not what we saw. I think that bodes really well for Augusta. You know, now the value isn't there betting wise and in DFS contests. I mean, he's going to be above 30% owned, I'm sure in the millionaire maker. Um, but to me, it's just tough to make an argument against him. And, you know, having had the successful, uh, hot take last week that Spieth would get it done. I got to go back to him. Spieth is going to win back to back, make it a second green jacket for him and put him back on top of the, the golf world. I think this week just lines up perfect for him. So that's wow. my hot take. How about you, Matt? All right. I'm a, that's, that's bold, Steven. I know. It. I, know <laughs> it. Um, I do like to speak. has not been so erratic with his driver. I mean, that's, that's a major positive. Yeah. Um, and you, you guys were talking about Max Homa, by the way, I found him a one fifty five to one mm. this morning. And you're talking about, about a guy who correlates on uh, these courses with uh, Riviera, Augusta, and everything you talked about. Max Homa, who won a Riviera, 155 to 1 is a, a pretty good price. I'm going to say Dustin Johnson does not finish in the top 10. Okay. We, wow. we, have, not, we have not been talking about DJ. I don't think he's No, great. we haven't. He's not, in, uh, he's not in peak form right now, obviously. His odds are not at a level where you would want to bet him. I mean, you don't want to bet a guy at single-digit odds at Augusta, but I just don't think his game is in the form right now that it needs to be. And he was so dominant in November at 20 under par uh, that I think it's going to be hard for him to back that up here uh, five months later. It's it's kind of it's, it's it's kind of odd that a guy who was that dominant in November is not being talked about uh, this week, right? Which is uh, a little strange, but. I don't, I don't have DJ on my short list of uh, the guys I even like this week. So I'll say he finishes outside the top 10, and I, I can't believe we got through all of this without talking about Tony Finau. One <laughs> top 10 Tony top did not 10. come up one That's time right. during this discussion. He's at around 40 to 1 odds, but if you're going to bet top 10 Tony, you got to bet him to finish in the top 10, right? Yes, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> He's our kryptonite, man. I, I'm doing my best not to click that button this week. Uh, he he played so bad at Valero. He he's not really peaking before Augusta, which uh, you know I, I would want to see. But he's my guy. It's going to be tough to not play him in pools mm -hmm. and DraftKings. So top ten, Tony, man, we'll, we'll be rooting for him though. Yeah. By the way, if Jordan Spieth wins the Masters, is Justin Thomas now back to being? Jordan's friend? <laughs> I mean, like, yes. It's just everybody's just going to jump ship, and I mean everybody's riding this Spieth bandwagon so hard. I mean, I I kind of get it, but uh, it's just it's funny. Anyway, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> I have that. I have my fifty to one ticket. I know we're all going to be uh, excited, no matter uh, no matter who's leading, uh, because it is Masters week. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to hear your thoughts as well. Enjoy the golf this week, everybody. Um, thanks again for listening. Thanks as always to our producers, Greg Gottfried and Liam Byrne. Uh, thanks to our partners, William Hill. Please subscribe to us on, on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts and uh, give us a review, whatever. Everything helps. Thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're- uh, Let's go. A green jacket on Steve or whoever gets the, the their picks right I like that. next week. Thanks, see you next week, guys.